0: Welcome to The Practice Podcast, a show created by lawyers to help lawyers in life and business without all the complicated lawyer language. Let's welcome Bast Amron founders and your hosts, Jeff Bast and Brett Amron. Hi, Brett. Hi, Jeff. Today we have a special guest, Miss Aleda Martinez-Molina. I like I said that, by the way. You like that? That's very impressive. (laughs) Aleda is a partner at Axis Law Group. After she began her career in New York. Have you heard of that? New York? New York. No. She began her career in New York in the creditors rights group of an AMLA 100 international law firm. And then she came back to Florida. How long have you been
1: back in Florida? Since before Hurricane Andrew.
0: Okay. So that's 1992. She made me do the, she made me figure it out. But she came back to Florida and she's focused her career on financial reorganization. But She does a lot of different things. But one of the things that we'll probably touch on today is that she is one of six sub chapter five trustees in the Southern District of Florida. And she was appointed upon the enactment of the Small Business Reorganization Act of 2019. And she'll tell folks what that is when we chat about that. But she also acts as outside general counsel to a variety of businesses primarily in the hospitality and cruising industries. She's fully bilingual in Spanish and English and conversational in Portuguese and French. She's, you're a polyglot, is that right?
1: And Spanglish.
0: Oh, and Spanglish, exactly. They <laughs> do live in my welcome, honey, right? Welcome, Alida. <laughs> oh, welcome.
1: Thank you, guys. Thank you for having me. As I said before we came on, I'm a huge fan of your firm, What You Do, at the farm and uh, your extracurricular activities. So it's great to chat with you. Thank you. And
0: Thank I, you. I, we specifically requested that she also put that on the record. Well, that she was said a said to us before we were recording.
2: Yeah. No, uh, well, we told her in order to come on, we told Elida that it, to come on, you have to say that. Right, so, exactly. Uh, we appreciate that. I love the reference to Hurricane Andrew. It's like, an if you know, you know, right? If you've right, been in Miami, right. you know when Hurricane Andrew was. Right. And, you know, what year it was. So no one has to talk about that. Just Andrew.
0: Right. Exactly. Before Andrew, after Andrew, there's the a I remember that day. I spent the day at Lollapalooza. Lollapalooza was here in Miami that day. And I remember Eddie Vedder saying something about a hurricane. And I thought it was a reference to like the Miami hurricanes or something. <laughs> I had no idea there was a hurricane coming and right. until the next day when yeah. I call my dad. He's like, where are you? There's a hurricane like so, about to be here. So I'm holding up my phone for the listener and there was none of this. Oh,
2: We right. didn't, we didn't have, have our cell phones. Right. Cell phone. We didn't have any of the apps that we can look at and say, oh, where's the hurricane? Where's had, it going? No, it was right. a beautiful day of the day before. Right.
1: Although I recall, if I remember correctly, our colleague, Jerry Markowitz, had a brick phone. And oh, wow. there's a story about they had their brick phone and everything was under control. And then they lost their brick phone and... It was a calamity upon a calamity. So oh. it was 1992. Think <laughs> right. brick phones, right. that kind of technology. Good yeah. times, good no. times.
0: So Alita, you practiced in New York. Are you from New York originally?
1: No, Where no. I was originally? born in Havana. Oh, I wow. was raised in Miami. Same mm-hmm. difference, really, right. for those of us. <laughs> Miami, uh,
2: Havana North or Havana's Miami South, right?
1: Exactly. Right. Exactly. So I went to school elementary through high school here in Miami. Mm-hmm. Then I went on to the schools in the Northeast and worked in the city, worked uh, abroad before I graduated. And it's great to be home. Although Miami is a very different place than it was when I grew up here. In yeah. The,
0: oh, yeah.
2: In I was going to ask you about that. I mean, the change that you've seen, we have people that come on from time to time or people we just talked to that grew up here. I know Jeff grew up in Miami as well. I did not, but have been down here for quite some time. The change is remarkable, right? I mean, it is it is moving pace in terms of the, I'd say, the level of just Some good, really a lot of good that's happening here.
1: Mostly good, yeah. yes. And I, I remember when I didn't live here, when I would come back periodically to visit family or whatever, every six months, the skyline looked different. Right. But the rate of change has been just remarkable in the last few years. Certainly, I feel like I am in a completely different place than the one I grew up in. It's completely different. So it's convenient that I'm back to a different, more sophisticated place. It's, It's wonderful.
0: Yeah, it's great. Absolutely wonderful. So what made you make the move from New York back to Miami?
1: So in New York, it was never my intention to be there forever.
0: How long did you practice in New York?
1: I practiced for a couple of years. And the connections and the family and the weather, I never thought I'd come back. With such passion back to Miami. But coming back and seeing how the city had evolved since when I left. I left in the early 80s and Miami was not a pretty place back then. So it took a while to sort of appreciate home. But I quickly quickly did. And there were so many opportunities here in Miami. So many opportunities. Having grown up here, having family here, businesses and whatnot. It was just a pull I couldn't resist. And a friend from New York, somebody that I had met in New Mm -hmm. York, was planning to come down and so we had in the back of our heads well maybe sooner rather than later we can create a firm do something new york like here in, in south florida and so that's how that happened oh,
2: okay. did you always practice in the bankruptcy insolvency restructuring space or where did you start out in your career
1: Oh, absolutely. So my first summer, I had the opportunity to work at Steel Hector and Davis, and I saw their reorganization practitioners. They were having so much fun. (laughs) I actually bumped into him last night at, at an event and reminded him of that, that he's the reason why I chose to focus on this practice. And so I took classes at my law school. I also had an opportunity to clerk for the then chief bankruptcy judge of the mm-hmm. Southern District of New York and see mm. get Who experience was that, that was way. Is that Lifflin? The Lif, Lef, you know? Leflin. Bertner, Leflin. yeah, Burton Lifflin. Burton yes. So that was fascinating. Cool. I love the practice. Absolutely love the practice. you what's
0: wrong with you? <laughs> right. <laughs>
1: right. You know, initially I thought I wanted to be a corporate lawyer, but then I, when I saw what that entailed, it was right. not as dynamic as right. my personality. You know, gravitate towards, but. Insolvency seem, and bankruptcy seems to have the right combination of litigation and, and corporate law mm-hmm. and, you know, the hustle, if you will. Yeah.
0: yeah. so It's very much a multidisciplinary practice. Very much yeah. so. And you practiced at a mid-sized firm here for more than 10 years before you made the move to access law. Yes. And you moved to access law, what, last year, a year ago?
1: In November. No, November, November.
0: yeah. Not In November. even, not well, last, less yes. than a year ago. Last year, technically. Right. It was, okay. Yeah, All right, last year. year. Yeah. And so how has that move gone?
1: Oh, it is so much fun to work at Access Law Group. Amazing attorneys. They were former big law folks as well. Some of my former partners. Yes, yes. And Alan Moreland, one of my classmates from law school, Actually, I made the connection in a webinar that Mm -hmm. you participated in Right, he and
0: I were on a webinar.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had just moved down from New York.
2: He was a guest on the pod. On the pod. Yes, that's right. That's right. Great guest. So
1: so actually, that's how I connected again with Alan, and we've been in touch. And Mm -hmm. he said, hey, why don't you think about this? So I thought about it, and as things evolved, and the firm I formerly worked with for, at um, Mm -hmm. wonderful group of people and I still see them socially it was very very difficult to move on but it was the right opportunity for me at the right moment and for my practice
0: any advice for people for lawyers out there who are thinking about making a change or maybe not thinking about making a change because you weren't doesn't sound like you were really looking to make a change you You asked me for a friend (laughs) (laughs) or just friend whose name rhymes with SMEF (laughs) Now myself
1: (laughs) So, no, I was not looking to change at all. I was very comfortable. But looking at how the world is changing and my skill set and what I'd like to do and continue doing and how I'd like to continue doing it, it was just the appropriate, the appropriate move. So be open. I would say be open yeah, to opportunities. Great, sure. Be open to how the world is evolving. Be open to how things are or are not wherever you happen to be. Right. And what are the possibilities? It's never too late, I would say.
2: Yeah. And a change doesn't have to mean that you don't appreciate or like where you are. It just means that maybe there's an opportunity that you see to advance, you being the proverbial you, whoever that is, see to advance your career or maybe a new opportunity to take advantage of.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. My kids think I'm going through a midlife crisis and I thank them for thinking that it's a midlife crisis. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Uh, But yes, uh, it's very exciting. I'm doing the type of work that I've I've done before Mm -hmm. and I would like to continue doing. And yes, my clients are thrilled. I'm thrilled. It's all good. So I know we want to
2: talk to you about the sub chapter five stuff. But before we get into that, I wanted to just generally ask you what your thoughts are about sort of where things look like they're heading, right? You know, as we sit here today, you know, is the stock market up? Is it down? Is the economy up? Is it down? Inflation? When you hear the buzz on the street, oh, you know, bankruptcies and solvency will pick up soon, whenever that may be. What are you seeing now generally in terms of increased activity? What type of activity in this space?
1: I think that Miami is a unique market Mm -hmm. and unique challenges and unique opportunities. There are businesses that are ripe for reorganization under the Small Business Reorganization Act, except it's the best kept secret in the legal field. I really think that especially in the Hispanic community, in the mm-hmm. Hispanic small business community, there are a lot of business that could certainly benefit from a subchapter five, except for whatever reason, a lot of folks don't know about it. Uh, right. A lot of folks don't understand yeah. it. So, for instance, what I see is what is specific about our community, the cost of rents going up for the yeah. folks who don't have the privilege of owning their own place, or even young people who Correct. are ready to buy, and all of a sudden, whoa, what is this? You know, they've got whiplash. So the real estate and the housing situation, I think, is something that we can't overlook. And what is that going to do for businesses, current businesses, when you, it's hard enough getting workers, staff, even professionals? I understand that the University of Miami or, or FIU, I don't know which of the two, has about a dozen open positions that mm. they can't wow. fill. So we're not talking folks to flip burgers. We're talking well-paid jobs that can't be filled because where are they going to live and how much is it going to cost and whatnot. So that's a variable that we really have to watch closely. I don't know what one can do about it, but it's a factor that is affecting our economy.
2: Yeah, and speaking of rents, I mean, I saw an article that said that Miami, the rent from year over year went up 58%. That's wow, from last year to this year. Wow. Yeah. Remarkable. 58 58%. Yeah. I think the nationwide average <clears throat> is 19%, which is still high.
0: 58%. I have several friends who are moving because their rent just jumped up so doubled. Landlords are doubling rents from lease to lease, and
2: that's hard like you said, where do people go? Where can they live? That's a challenge, right, for the community.
1: Right. So, so a lot of us can afford things or can figure it out, mm-hmm. but there are others who do not have that luxury. Right. So that's a concern. So how yes. does that impact our world exactly?
0: I think we're going to be busy. The question is when. Is it six months? Is and it nine mm-hmm. months? Is it 12 months? And what does it look like? And, and, right. right yeah. For how long? What industries are immune? The pandemic was unique because almost nothing was immune, but right. you know, we've seen recessions before. And I think... And, the lack of human resources
2: is going to hurt. For example, you have a restaurant. You can not hire, if you don't have enough cooks, if you don't have enough waitresses or bus people or hostesses, how do you run that business fully and completely in order to pay your bills, let alone earn a wage and earn you know, a living? And now you got to pay people more and all the supplies cost more. And so how much can you raise your prices to?
1: Everything, yeah. everything. Yeah. And so Miami, South Florida, mm-hmm. we are a hospitality Town And so folks also have to get around. Gas costs more, et cetera, et cetera. Right, so, yeah. I mean, there's only so much you can do in the hospitality business. You can't outsource, house, you know, unless you have somebody like the Jetsons maid uh, come in and do the housekeeping. <laughs> right, uh, you right, still right. need folks to do that kind of work.
0: Right. And they drive too to their jobs or take the bus or public transportation and so and I don't want to say it's all doom and gloom. There's a lot of
2: opportunity down here, but I don't think we're experiencing Miami maybe a little bit heavier is is different than what's going on in the rest of the country. There's just some issues and there's but there's still great opportunity. Just some issues I think that have to kind of be worked out through the system.
1: Absolutely. And thinking outside the box. I love Miami, Miami and South Florida in general, because of the entrepreneurial spirit. For instance, Coral Way. I live in the Miami area, mm-hmm. and there's a street called Coral Way that starts more or less around the Brickell downtown area and heads west. And you find such unique, small, thriving, interesting businesses. I go out of my way to find a coffee shop. I go out of my way to find a, a chocolatier. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, yeah. Chocolate, did you bring any?
1: Oh, next. <laughs> <laughs> small businesses are us. So yeah. what a great place. There's still room for that. so
2: Agreed. Agreed. Yeah.
0: All right. So let's talk. What is subchapter five? We don't need to get into details, but but please tell,
2: for our listener who doesn't know, tell us what is subchapter five.
1: So chapter 11 of the bankruptcy code, Mm -hmm. as those of us in the room understand, (laughs) is a reorganization, reorganization of a business. However, historically, it has been very expensive because it's a very specialized area of the law. The attorneys are very expensive, and it has a whole ecosphere or professionals that make the process prohibitively expensive. It's great for the Texicos and individuals such as the Hunt brothers, I'm, I'm dating myself here, mm-hmm. who had cornered the silver market individuals back in the 70s and 80s. And they went through a chapter 11, personal reorganization. So the subchapter 5 is an effort by Congress, thanks to nudging by the bankruptcy professionals, Mm -hmm. to simplify and make reorganization more affordable for small businesses. So Subchapter 5 is still a Chapter 11 reorganization, but they do away with a lot of more expensive components and try to simplify.
0: And one of the unique features is that we have the Subchapter 5 trustee, which is unique in that most trustees sort of take over, and you are one of these subchapter five trustees, but you're not taking over.
1: Correct. Not at all. Not at all. Yeah. What is
0: your role as a subchapter five trustee?
1: My role as a subchapter five trustee is to facilitate a consensual plan of reorganization. Nice.
0: I love it. I think it's so cool. I think it's, we've done a handful of them, and the subchapter five trustee, it's just, it's nice to have another professional who's on your side and doesn't have a stake. They're not out to make a dollar and they're not out to squeeze you or put you out of business or make your life miserable. They want to, Everyone wants to see yeah. success.
1: And it's more that. importantly, we're not out there to nitpick and say, oh, your right. QuickBooks are not in beautiful form and therefore you must, uh, right. you know.
0: These are, the after all, small
2: businesses. Right. Yes. And so your focus is essentially a third party neutral, right, to try to bring the process along and allow the business to get through the chapter 11 to
1: come out the other side. Exactly. A third-party neutral, mm-hmm. but at the same time, if we see something, we sure. have to say something. We can't of sort of blindly right. put on rose-colored glasses and say, sure, move along. Here we go.
0: Right. It's nice because you have a voice in the case, and you know the judges are interested, and you can—you have this role of—you can be a bridge because oftentimes— Well, oftentimes in workouts, reorganizations, restructuring, any kind of debtor-creditor relationships, communication is often a challenge. Either there's been a breakdown or just a complete failure of communication. And so sometimes the Subchapter 5 trustee can serve as the bridge to facilitate communication. And other times it just provides another set of eyes in a case that can be helpful to a client.
1: Right. And one of the positive things about this infrastructure, if you will, is that the office of the U.S. trustee appoints us and it's not on a wheel. It's not a random thing. So, for instance, if I have experience in a particular business, the office of the U.S. trustee is more likely to appoint me to a case having you know, oh, I didn't. Know, I didn't issue. even
0: know that it's not a wheel.
1: Oh, oh yeah. Okay. No, absolutely not. So the six of us have different skill sets. Some are not even attorneys. They're accounting professionals. So depending on the situation, we are assigned and we take it from there. And our fee structure, I think I can speak for most of us, we are reasonable to a fault Mm -hmm. and we're not rigid. So we get paid by the debtor. Mm -hmm. Okay. So in lieu of, and instead of having quarterly fees to the office of the U.S. trustee, no quarterly fees, instead we're paid by the... Another benefit. Yes. Yes.
0: And no committee. Exactly. Because right? often in a Chapter 11, a creditor's committee may be appointed, and that committee gets to retain counsel and sometimes accountants and financial advisors, and all those professionals are also paid by the debtor. And so one of the other benefits of an SBRA, no committee, no burden, but you have a trustee.
1: Right. And also speed. To speed, the extent yeah. that time is money, the point of Small Business Reorganization Act cases to have a plan filed within 90 days, and be in and out as quickly as possible. We're not talking about years. I have one case that has not been confirmed or dismissed. It's been more than a year, and Mm. that's highly uncomfortable. But Hmm. generally, they are in and out certainly less than a year.
2: Well, that's the idea. I mean, right. In order to get them in and out and get them back to the business of that they're in and making money and moving beyond, right? So they can pay their debts.
1: Right. And not having to pay professionals during this process. right? So I feel like I should buy in bulk Cuban coffee makers and espresso (laughs) coffee. And in each case, just ship out to debtors counsel and any attorney that may come in on behalf of a creditor here. Have this, even if you don't drink coffee, just as a visual that you need to I'm snapping my fingers like this. Things along. Things yeah. 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 Very, Energy, very,
2: very, right. Yeah. yeah. So you mentioned earlier in the podcast that you're not sure what most people don't know about and don't know how to take advantage of. Best kept of, secret. Right? right yeah. it's, you said best kept secret. Thank you. Yes. And so why is that? And what can practitioners do, right, in order to try to get it out there that, listen, there's this tool, there's this opportunity out there for businesses that need it, that qualify to take advantage of?
1: So to... Bankruptcy practitioners, I would say, you know, think about it, Mm -hmm. learn about it, and advise your clients accordingly. To business people or other attorneys who are not bankruptcy practitioners, I would say... uh, Call Jeff
0: Bass. Exactly. I'm just
1: kidding. Exactly. Contact your trusted uh, bankruptcy buddy and Pick their brains a little bit. You know, hey, is this something that my client uh, should consider? Mm -hmm. And again, the beauty of the subchapter five cases is that you don't have to be necessarily as seasoned reorganization professionals as the two of you. But uh,
0: Do you really want to be saying that publicly?
1: (laughs) But the subchapter five trustee is uh, the person who can bridge that gap and facilitate because, face it not every small business can pay the kind of fees right. that some professionals are accustomed to commanding, and, right. and they do command. Yeah.
2: So, And in fact, the CARES Act, right, one benefit, an additional benefit, I should say, the CARES Act is that they actually increase the debt limit for those businesses that could be eligible under the Small Business Restructuring Act.
1: Right. So it was up to 7.5, and it's sunset. Congress is cleaning that up so that it will be and hopefully even higher in the future. So, So, yes, it was a total coincidence mm -hmm. that the act came into effect in February 2020, just in time for the pandemic. Total coincidence.
2: So, explain for our listeners so they know the 7.5 you're referring to is what? 7.5 million, but... 7.5
1: million of debt Mm -hmm. of the, quote, you know, small business. Right. But that also has a lot of exceptions. That doesn't include intercompany debt and things like that. Yeah. So it's pretty broad. And again, the point is contact somebody like yourselves, bankruptcy attorneys, or learn about it and see and explore the possibility of a feasible, doable option for small businesses to pivot. I have seen attorney's fees of professionals as low as $10,000 in and out. That's like crazy, uh, unheard right? Unheard
2: of in a chapter unheard 11, of, right?
1: Right, exactly. And uh, modest subchapter five trustee fees. I've also seen sub-fives where the debtor's attorney's fees are in the six digits, many six digits, and the subchapter five trustee's also higher. So every case to me is like, they're like snowflakes. They're right. not, no two every cases are the same. Right. Some are yeah. really micro. Others are really, this could be a chapter 11 in any other decade, but they were able to fall into the yeah. situation here.
0: I love the speed and our, like I said, we have filed and confirmed a few. Every single one of them, we have filed way before the deadline and we've confirmed successfully on the first go-around. We have one right now that the deadline is June, in the middle of June, and we're working on the plan now. We're going to plan to file it in the next two weeks. So we'll be probably a month ahead.
1: Congratulations. And so I, you
0: know, I love the speed because to me, And clients don't always appreciate this. The longer you're in, the more risky it is, the more costly it is. Just things can go wrong when you're in bankruptcy.
1: Absolutely. (laughs) And another thing that is more prevalent in subchapter five cases is the opportunity for mediating or Mm -hmm. somehow doing an alternative resolution situation. Here in the Southern District of Florida, we have judicial settlement conferences where the judges act as mediators and they do not charge for their services. So, we also have exceedingly competent private mediators. I have one person whom I love who yesterday mediated and succeeded in a very, very difficult situation, which everybody thought, oh my God, this is going to be a disaster. And she was able to resolve it. So, that case is going to move forward without costly litigation and the Mm -hmm. intervention of the judge. So, I am just so happy and honored and thrilled to be a Subchapter 5 trustee these days and be able to facilitate a positive uh, moving along, if you will.
0: Now, How many have you done? Or how Um, many have you been appointed in?
1: I want to say 35.
0: 35? And how many of those have confirmed?
1: Oof, I should know this.
0: Um, About? (laughs) Ballpark, half of them or?
1: At least half. At
0: least half? Yeah,
1: yeah. I've also served as debtors' counsel, and I've also served as, I'm currently serving as creditors' counsel in one of these. Right. So all in over 40, I wow. would say, at this stage.
2: It seems like it is a useful tool that more businesses may be able to take advantage of, and hopefully they will, and hopefully Congress does keep the higher debt limit. And not, you know, the, right, the debt limit yeah, was $2.5 like and, and it was increased $7.5 million.
0: Hopefully it stays there. Correct. Uh-huh. I remembered hearing that the bill made it through The House and was at the Senate.
1: Or vice versa. Or or vice versa. Maybe it was the other way.
0: But hopefully uh, we'll see that soon and we can have a longer tenure of valuable subchapter five trust uh, cases. I look forward to having one with you as our trustee. Yeah, for sure. Likewise, likewise. That will be fun. Well, Alita, we really enjoyed having you here today if you have enjoyed this podcast. Let's confirm this podcast.
1: Let's Let's get it out of. We're we're confirming.
0: We're going to (coughs) confirm. Motion. Do we need a second or? It's a consensual. It's a consensual. We're going to edit this. the end off here. Can we just cut all that part off? (laughs) If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a five-star review. Share it with your friends and family. Follow us. Like us. Send us a note if you want us to talk about something or if you want to be a guest on the podcast, reach out to us. And we'll look forward to seeing you next time. Thank you, Aleta. My thank, pleasure. I thank you, Nelson. Thank you, Aleta. Thank you, Nelson. Thank you, for you for Brad. That. For more information on this show and other resources, visit FastAmron.com and connect with us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram at FastAmron.